This is a Stimulus Network podcast. Hello, I'm Alice Gray and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Petri Dish, the podcast to put science under the microscope. During these uncertain and unprecedented times, we have taken it upon ourselves to battle against misinformation and bring you the experts about COVID-19. For a Christmas special episode with a difference, Dr. Amber is joining us again to talk us through managing COVID at Christmas. I believe the Prime Minister's exact words were, after the year we've had, we deserve Christmas. I had a whirlwind reaction. The first reaction that I had was, what utter bullshit. (laughs) I was so angry because I was like, no, I deserve PPE. I deserve to know that the government could be trusted with managing a national emergency. I deserve to know that you had my back. My feeling, and this is very biased by my own experiences, is that you should reflect on why Christmas is important to you. I am Dr. Whitney Bakel now, and I'm a GP trainee originally from the British Virgin Islands, but doing my training in North Wales. I'm currently doing a hospital rotation in Ifigan Cruise. So the current rules you would think would be nationwide, but they aren't. And it's mainly due to the way that, um, I'll focus on England and Wales, but it's mainly due to the, the way that England and Wales have responded to initial guidance. Wales had a two-week firebreak lockdown and England had a four-week one and implemented this tier system to try and control the spread of the, the virus. The rules for Christmas are so confusing and I'm working the week of Christmas, so in my head I was like, well, no one's coming to see me anyway. So I wasn't paying attention. So I'll start with Wales because that's a little bit more straightforward. So the changes for Wales since coming out of the firebreak are that uh, places that serve alcohol are not allowed to serve alcohol anymore. <laughs> and uh, they have to close at 6 p.m. Any entertainment venues uh, have been closed. So anything that would cause a crowd of people to gather during a, a break, a Christmas break, uh, have been asked to close. The other thing that they have done is kind of copied England in the form of this a Christmas bubble. So they've advised you to limit the number of people that you meet. Try to meet outdoors. If you're meeting indoors, to wear a face mask. And they basically want people to stay out of each other's houses. Regarding travel, there isn't a strict travel restriction, but they have advised us to be uh, mindful. So, for example, if you're traveling from Wales to an area in England that's a tier three, uh, they want you to... Try and avoid contact with multiple people. If you develop symptoms, to self-isolate, wear face covering, all that good stuff. The difference between England and Wales that I found as well is that the Welsh guidance doesn't have a clear end date. So what they have specified is that the week from December 23rd to 27th, they want to temporarily relax um, some of the restrictions, particularly around travel and how many people from different households you can meet. But they haven't, they've basically said, we'll see how it goes and then we might change it. England is a bit more convoluted. So I will only focus on 
the week of December 23rd to 27th. So you can form a Christmas bubble again. So that's meeting people from uh, three different households, but I think they still have the rule of six people maximum in one space. Uh, you cannot have interlapping bubbles. So if you're already in one bubble, you can't make another bubble with a different three households. They don't have any travel restrictions between tiers. So if you're in a low tier, you can travel into a high tier. But again, they advise you to be cautious. And the difference, again, with England is that you can actually meet uh, within your bubble inside people's homes uh, and places of worship as well. They have decided that this is going to be on basically until January, February. The, the impression that I had is that basically they presented the public with a, this is your short reprieve from all of the really stressful things that have been going on. But it's really complicated and really difficult and also stressful. And I'm just like, well, in that case, you might as well have told people, listen, Christmas is going to be different this year. We discourage you from trying to meet in groups. We know that the guidance has been confusing and you might want to, you know, do your own thing. But this is what we advise. We advise you to try and celebrate Christmas with the people near to you that you've been in contact with already. Try to avoid alcohol because we've noticed there's been a spike in cases when alcohol is involved. And hopefully we'll get on top of it. The thing that annoyed me about Boris Johnson's statement about the Christmas restrictions or the relaxation of the restrictions was that it reminded me so much of like a Churchill speech. We're not going into war, okay? Like the only enemy we have is ignorance and the deception of the government and you trying to like rouse the troops to be sensible as British as that may be is irrelevant to the everyday lives of people who have been shielding since March still haven't been able to come out of shielding because we're not sure what's happening with the guidance and then are being kind of used as emotional bait to try and get people to comply with your ridiculous rules. My feeling, and this is very biased by my own experiences, is that you should reflect on why Christmas is important to you. And Christmas is important to you because you use it to bring the family together. There are many ways that you can do that, that don't necessarily involve you meeting together in, in one room. If you want to travel to see family, then you, there is no reason why you can't travel to a hotel and then have some sort of outdoor thing with everyone bundled up and all the rest of it. There are other options. So what I would say is consider why it's important to you and come up with strategies that maintain that importance. Yes, consider your elderly family, consider all of your vulnerable family, consider what they are comfortable with because at the end of the day, it's also some personal responsibility as well. If your grandmother is chomping at the bit for you to come over to her house and she understands the risk that you coming over might bring, then by all means, you can, you know, go and visit her, but don't bring your snotty-nosed child <laughs> to come and rub upon her face, you know? It's all of these things. You, you need to be careful. I live in a fantasy world sometimes, and I think if the British government really cared about people, what they should have done was have a temporary universal credit for Christmas and been like, hey, it's going to be a weird one. Um, we have no idea what it's going to be like after. 
but we're going to give every British citizen this amount of money. Please treat yourself, you know, stay in your bubble, stay safe. If you're on your own, if you're feeling depressed, because we know that there's been a spike of um, mental health related crisis, meet up with someone. Or if they invested in things that would make it less painful to be on your own, I think that would have been a better approach rather than the impression that I had was that they very much succumb to the desires of some group of people. I have no idea. They're a faceless group of people. But it does not take into account um, the people who are worst affected by the pandemic, and it does not take into account the scientific evidence about what we should be doing. I did a presentation recently that was comparing the response to coronavirus from the British Virgin Islands, where I'm from, with parts of the U.S. and Canada. The main feature that I found was that in the U.S. and parts of Canada, there was a lot of variation ac across states or provinces, which is usually what caused the problem, is having the variation. Whereas having one clear message from your government that this is what we're doing, this is how long we're doing it for, this is why we're doing it, was better than having, this is what we suggest, but y'all could do what you want kind of approach. So I feel that what is actually needed is this is what it is. You know, you'll have to change the way that you do things. It's going to be like this until we achieve whatever response that is a sign that we have gotten on, on top of the pandemic. Rather than having, oh, well, well, we'll make it stricter before Christmas and then relax it on Christmas and then we'll see what happens. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. For me, it was pretty straightforward because I'm working that week. I was like, well, I'm working, so I don't want to be around anyone because potentially I'm going to be around people who are really sick. That, you know, that was a very straightforward decision. But when it's like the government's put the town that my grandparents live in on tier three, but I feel that the reason they put the tier system in was to jeopardize the particular economy of certain towns over the south of England. Um, so I don't really know if the tier system means anything. And I really want to see her and I know that she's dying to see me, but I don't know what it will be like along the way. And they said that I should avoid contact with people during the journey, but I obviously have to make a pit stop and will those places be open and all these kinds of things. It's just like you're basing decisions on uncertainty after uncertainty with no clear guidance. I believe the Prime Minister's exact words were, after the year we've had, we deserve Christmas. I had a whirlwind reaction. The first reaction that I had was, what utter bullshit. <laughs> I was so angry because I was like, no, I deserve PPE. I deserve to know that the government could be trusted with managing a national emergency. I deserve to know that you had my back. It's like Christmas is irrelevant. At that point, you know, I, I would rather know that I would go to work without being at risk of that being my last day in work or getting someone that I care about sick when I come home. The other reaction that I had was that it was unfair because I remember seeing advertisements um, around Eid and Diwali saying it's going to be different, but stay at home because, you know, the main focus of this holiday is um, not about outward appearance. It's about, um, you know, in the case of Diwali, about light over darkness and all this more philosophical stuff. And I think I was reading a guidance from um, Birmingham where they said, uh, you know, on Eid, if you would normally go out and donate food, please donate in a different way. So, I mean, it's not even to say they would be breaking social distancing for something bad, you know. But then to hear the Prime Minister say, oh, we deserve Christmas. 
And then the reaction that I had after was just when I saw the reactions of some people to the Sainsbury's Christmas ad, I was like, there are some people who don't deserve Christmas and I know their Twitter handles. It did make me reflect on what I value about the Christmas time. So for me, Christmas used to be about going to the beach, meeting up with family and very nice food. It, my mom uh, owned a restaurant. It was like, you know, all the bells and whistles type feast. So for me, it was very much being part of this family network. Since moving to the UK, um, I was not mentally prepared for winter. So I really resonated with that whole winter solstice, you know, Christmas is about remembering that light comes into the world and the sun will rise again type thing. So that for me is what I'm focusing on. And my Christmas is going to be a lot more reflective and maybe I'll stand outside some people's doors and wave and, you know, send them a card and show them that I still remember them, even though I haven't seen them in, in ages. And I mentally prepared myself for a third wave after Christmas. If you're meeting family for a meal, making sure that you have a nice, big, spacious, aerated area, making sure that you wash your hands and everything, um, you know, make sure you're not sort of sat elbow to elbow with people. Um, obviously, you will be able to wear a mask if you're eating. I think if you're going to meet your family for a meal and they're vulnerable people, you will have to accept some level of risk. If you want to be cautious, my advice would be not to meet people for a meal. Do something else with them. If you're not meeting them for a meal, which I would think is more sensible, then it would be wearing masks. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you have enough distance between you. Try to meet outdoors if you can. I guess what I would have to say is a gentle warning. A lot of people, the impression I have is that they feel that the vaccine is their golden ticket to going back to normal, which is far from the truth. Um, the vaccine guidance has explicitly stated that the purpose of the vaccine is to protect the most vulnerable because the transmission is already beyond a stage that they can control with some reasonable security. So the vaccine is not your golden ticket to do whatever you like. Even with the vaccine, you'll still have to be cautious because although... Uh, they claim it's 95% effective um, when you have the general public, which is obviously larger numbers and less control. You don't know whether that will change or not. Um, so I wouldn't encourage people to like hold on until the vaccine and then just have this explosion of following your desires. You still need to be cautious. I would suggest that people use this time, which is often what I do at Christmas anyway, to reflect on the things that matter to you the behaviors that you want to take into the new year and why alcohol is so important to your life.